Today, I want to go another step into our series, Creating a Dream to Awaken the World. And today, I want to add to that, in order to do that, you must have a persistent dream. When I say persistent, I mean this. Go ahead and log this down. It's something that's firm, something that you continue in, something that you stay on course of action. You don't vary off course. You don't allow difficulty or opposition to stop you. You are persistent and consistent. You're continuing on the course that God has you to travel. And so this is vital that you are persistent. The thing that we're faced with in our society is most people are not really persistent and they're not consistent. But today I want to deal with that word persistent. Hold on. I would say if I was an old time preacher, hold on to God's unchanging hand. Hold on to that dream. Don't let go of it. And I want to take you to the verses that we've been reading. Acts the second chapter, verse 17. The Bible says, and it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God. And when he said that, that was in Acts the second chapter, that was when the Holy Spirit fell. And that's when the Holy Spirit was ushered onto the planet Earth. So make no mistake of that. And it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see vision, and your old men shall dream dreams. We have to have persistent dreams. What is that? It's those, those things that you, within your spirit, you desire them and you desire to see them to come to pass. And you just won't let go of the dream. Say that back to me. I will not let go of the dream. It's imperative that we not let go. There's times in my life I wanted to give up, time I wanted to let go, time I didn't want to see things through, but God would come on the scene and say, son, stay the course, stay the course, stay the course. I want to bring up a certain person that stayed the course, someone that was persistent, some, someone that would not give in to opinion. Hear that word. Someone that would not give in to opinion. Dreams do not give in to opinion. They only give in to the voice of the Lord. So in Matthew, the 15th chapter, verse 22, Jesus is out doing what Jesus did. He's ministering, talking about the kingdom of God and touching people, healing people, blessing people. And this woman approached him, which was not a Jew. And the Bible says, and behold, a woman of Canaan came from that region and cried out to him, saying, talking to Jesus, have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely demon-possessed. I'm reading this from the New King James Version, but it's the same in the King James. Her daughter was severely demon-possessed. But he didn't watch this. He didn't even answer her a word. Now, most of us would have walked away and said, I can't believe he shunned me like that. I can't believe he wouldn't talk to me like that. But Jesus did everything with intent. He knew exactly what he was doing. He answered her not a word. And his, even his disciples, the ones that were around him, they came and urged him saying, send her away. You can never listen to public opinion. Because public opinion does not mean that it's God's opinion. It doesn't mean that it's God's way. Just because the crowd says this is the way to do it does not mean that's the way God wants it done. So the, here's these great, the mighty disciples. They said to him, they urged him. That means they were pressing him. 
saying, send her away, for she cries out after us. We're tired of hearing her. She's bugging us. Watch what he said. But he answered and said, I was not sent. He's Now he's talking. I was not sent except for the lost sheep of the house of Israel. He was sent for the Jew, the Hebrew. Then she came and worshiped him, saying she didn't stop. She kept worshiping him. Lord, help me. But he answered and said, it is not good to take children's bread and throw it to the dogs. Strong statement. But that's the way they looked at it in that day. If you were not a Hebrew. And she said, yes, Lord, but even the little dogs eat the crumbs which fall from their master's table. And that touched Jesus. And he answered and said to her, oh, woman, great is your faith. Let it be done unto you as you desire. And her daughter was healed from that very hour. What caused the healing, Pastor Kenny? What caused the healing? Her persistence. I mean, she stayed after it. She didn't give up. Most people, they'll worship for 10 minutes and say, well, that's enough. God's heard my prayer, and it's, it's, it, obviously he don't want to answer it. So we worship for five or 10 minutes, and that's it. Not her. She didn't get an answer. She kept worshiping. Didn't get an answer, kept worshiping. Didn't get an answer, kept worshiping. Until Jesus said, great is your faith. Even when I tried to discourage you, oh, this is so good. Even though I tried to discourage you, you would not be discouraged. You stayed the course. You held the line. And he says, and your, her daughter was healed from that very hour. Why was she healed? She was consistent. She was persistent. What are you trying to say, Bishop? A dream is something as she saw. A dream is something you see in your mind's eye, and then it's engraved in your heart. It cannot be stripped from your innermost being. It can't be stripped from, from what you want to uh, walk in or live in or grow in. And then you must believe in your dream. Let me tell you, a lot of people, they, don't, they think they believe in it, but when a little opposition comes, they let go of it. You have to believe in your dream. Why? Because if you don't believe in it, no one else will believe in it. They have to see the results of your desire, your tenacity, your persistence until they see fruit. And let me tell you something. God is looking for people like that. And I want you to hear this about a dream. I thought this this morning, and I may minister this a little later on. Dreams, if you are given a dream, if you feel like you have a dream, and that dream, well, let me say this first before I say that. A dream is not given to just given to you just to change you. Let me say that again. A dream is not given to you through the Lord just to change you, but a dream is given to change the world around you. So hear me. If you say, well, I, you know, I've got a dream, and let me tell you what my dream is, Bishop. Well, go ahead and tell me. My dream is I want to get back at Pastor Mike. I'm dreaming the day that I can get back at him, and I want him to suffer. I can't wait. I'm dreaming to the day I can hurt Ariel. I just want to hurt him. I want to see him cry. That, my friend, is a big mistake because that is not a dream. That truly is a nightmarish situation. You are walking into the realm of the satanic. You are, under the, uh, you are moving under the guidelines of a satanic principle. 
You can't do that and call it a dream. That is not a dream. That's a horror. Because the Lord teaches us to bless those that hurt us. Bless those that talk evil against us. I mean, God is, is the ultimate judge. He knows what to do and how to do it, and he does it perfectly. Times in my life that I wanted to strike out at people, God said, leave it alone. Either you're going to trust me or you're going to trust yourself. And invariably, I'd say, well, God, I don't trust me. I trust you and you alone. So I need to hold on to persistent. I need to be persistent with my dreams. And nobody can strip me of what God has given me. Persistent dreams. Why? Because a dream takes you from where you are to where you need to be. Wherever you are in life. That dream should take you from where you are to where you need to be. If that dream is not taking you anywhere, it's not a dream. It's just a thought. It's just you hoping. A real dream, you cannot wash it away. It's going to stay there with you. It's going to be as that woman did. It'll be so persistent, you will not give up until you get the answer. Amen? So a dream, a persistent dream, will allow you to see and enjoy your future. You want to know about your future? It'll help you to enjoy your future because it opens the door to the invisible realm of the Holy Spirit. That dream does. Acts, the second chapter. Why would he give old men dreams? Because they have a future. They don't give you a dream to die. They don't give you a dream to stop living. They give you a dream to see into your future. Amen? So in all this being said, why we need persistent dreams? Because we, me, you, the church, people around you, they need an awakening. They need to be awakened. And this can only be accomplished through persistent dreamers. You want to change? You want God to change some things in your life? Then you have to be persistent and consistent and start worshiping God on a, on a daily basis. I mean, when you get up in the morning, thank God. When you in the middle of the day, thank God. You go to bed at night, thank God. In the middle of the night when you wake up, thank God. Worship God. Why? Because he's the one that's allowed you to dream the impossible dream. God help me. So we need an awakening that can only be accomplished through a persistent dreamers. I said last week, because many, why do we need it? Because many have been lulled to sleep. The lullaby of the world has lulled us, just put us in a sleep state, almost zombie-like. How? Through religion, denominationalism, and the lack of spiritual insight. But make no mistake of this. Because the world is sleeping, and it is, but there's someone that's not sleeping, the enemy. While the world is sleeping, the enemy makes plans for our demise. And it's real easy because we're doing nothing. We're being nothing. We're saying nothing. We're not, we're not approaching the throne of God. We have become stagnant. That's the truth. We used to come into church and there would be the fire of God. We'd feel the power of God. We'd feel the excitement in the air. Now it's like, well, I'm, I'm you know, I got a dream, all right. It's, the dream is I hope the pastor gets through before 12, 15 so I can make it to the restaurant. That's not a dream. A dream is I am here for the long haul. Whatever God wants to do, I want him to do it. 
I am not going to give up on that dream of one day walking in this place and seeing and sensing the, the power of God where when people are sick and suffering, they come through the door, they're healed because of the presence of God. We need dreamers. Say that back to me. We need dreamers. Why? Because everything, everything, say everything, everything starts with a dream until it becomes a reality. Everything. I mentioned this before, but do you think that the rocket ships that went to the moon, they just did that? Do you think the first man in space, they just decided one day, hey, hook a firecracker to my bottom and, and push me to the, into outer space? No, sir. Let me tell you something. It started with men and women that were dreamers, planners. They were persistent. And they said, we can see a man in space. Matter of fact, they went even further. We can see a man on the moon. And now they're saying, we, we can see colonies set up on Mars. You say, that'll never happen. Oh, hear me. If they dream it enough, it shall come to pass. Whatever a man can believe in his heart, it shall come to pass. I believe that. So anything that's, that's great like that, from the Wright brothers to Henry Ford, it all started with a dream. Your marriage started with a dream. Now, it, if it's turned into a nightmare, it's your fault. But it starts out with a dream. The job you have started out with a dream. And whatever you do with it, it's up to you. But you have to be persistent with your dream. And don't give up on that, what God has given you. You need to hear me today. Nothing will change in your life until you say no to your carnal mind because your carnal mind is enmity against God and it will try to stop you from being persistent. Just try it. I'm going to tell you this. Uh, let me just give you this as a sidebar. Say I'm going to be persistent with my dream and because of that, I'm going to fast for 21 days. Watch what happens. Because even that same person that can go for hours and days without eating, now when they state I'm going to go into a fast time of fast, they get hungry. They become desirous for food. Why is that? Because the enemy don't want you to walk in that arena. He don't want you to worship. He don't want you to fast. He don't want you to get answers from God. So you have to say no to your carnal mind because the carnal mind will try to change your, what, you're, what you're thinking, what you're saying, and what you will accomplish. You sit long enough and listen to this old bad boy right here, you will go the wrong way. I'm very careful because there's things, I don't try to pre-think what I'm going to say because sometimes when I do that, I, get, I interject too much of me. I try to think, what would God want me to say here? How would God want me to act or react now? This is good stuff. You say, well, why should I say no to the carnal mind and yes to my persistent dream? Why? Because the carnal mind is a dream killer every single time. It's the, it's the part where the enemy works in you in such a way to where you just give up. I believe in you. I don't believe you're going to give up. I believe you have a dream. And I believe it's a God-given dream. And I believe today that you're going to hold on to it and you're not going to let go just like that woman from Cana. She would not stop until her demon-possessed daughter was healed. And I'm not going to stop until I see the church of God starting to flow again and move in a mighty way. I refuse to stop. It's time for you 
I said this, but I want you to hear this clearly. It's time for you to take a little initiative and start meditating on the Lord and call that dream in. Why? Because it's dreamers that will change the world. Why? Because they see beyond themselves for the greater good, for those things that are better. God gives us dreams. I said this, but hear it. God gives us dreams, and Satan tries to turn them into nightmares. Look at Genesis 37, verse 5. Are dreams important? Are dreams important? This is a man called Joseph, one of the sons of Israel. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, Israel. Joseph had a dream that really upset his parents and his kinmen, his brothers. It upset him because his dream meant something. It meant something to Joseph. And I just want to read this to you, not try to preach at you, but listen. Genesis 37, verse 5, the Bible says, And Joseph dreamed a dream, and he told his brothers. He told them. He was excited. And they hated him yet the more. And he said unto them, Hear, I pray you, the dream which I have dreamed, you need to hear it. You need to hear it. And his dream had to do with one day his mother and father and his brothers were going to come and bow down before him. That dream was a real dream. And Joseph became a leader in Egypt. But let me get to this. Let me say, don't get ahead of myself. Even though Joseph was despised for his dream, he held on to what God had delivered him, delivered to him. Hear this. God will not place his favor on that which you refuse to believe in. So if you don't believe in it, it dies. Or it's, there's a hesitation in it. Something is held back. So God will not place his favor on that which you refuse to believe in. And favor demands sight. You have to see it. It demands a listening heart and a set course. Your heart has to be open to hear. Even when things look bad, favor God at work reaches out to our out to our believing to a believing heart so what happened for Joseph he got thrown into a pit you remember the story he got thrown in a pit why did he get thrown in a pit a dream well I thought everybody'd be excited let me tell you something just because you have a dream doesn't mean your family's going to be excited doesn't mean that your husband or wife's going to be excited or your children's going to be excited but that dream has to be lived out it has to be Jesus, help me. So in the pit, Joseph, because of the dream, found favor. Somebody came along and pulled him out of the pit. I can just see him now. Can you even imagine being in the pit and saying, well, I know God gave me a dream, but boy, something bad's happened here. But God so loved Brother Joseph. He brought him out of the pit. See, favor, God's favor reached down into the pit and pulled him out. Oh, he used other people, but he brought him out of the pit. Then he goes and works for a man, and his wife accuses him of trying to molest her. And now the good man of the house puts Joseph in prison for trying to molest his wife. It wasn't true. It didn't matter. He goes to prison. Now, he's not only been a pit, Brother Kenny, now he's in a prison behind the bars going, well, I've got a dream, and I guess this is where it ends. Right behind these bars. But there again, somebody else had a dream. And Joseph got involved. Don't have time to preach it, but Joseph got involved. So they bring him out of the prison, 
And now he ends up, because there's a, there's a great problem in Egypt, and Pharaoh makes him second in command. And you wonder why Egypt was so, they, I heard on a documentary the other night how great Egypt was and how they could do things that other, people could, other groups of people couldn't do. Well, they had a God-man on second in command, Joseph. So he went from the pit to the prison. Now he's pulled him, put him in a place of the, uh, of the palace. What happened in the palace? His brothers had to come and bow because there was famine in the land and Joseph had an answer to feed them, to help them. So let me ask you today, is the dream that you're, you possess, is it yours or is it someone else's? Now there is such a thing as a merge and I understand that, but when you start trying to live out Pastor Kenny's dream or Pastor Mike's dream, it doesn't work that way. Now, if it's a corporate thing, yes, the church can merge and come together and that dream can be fulfilled. But that's, that's another, another story. You need to understand that every dream you have is trying to press you toward God's kingdom, to press you toward doing the works of Jesus Christ. So is the dream you have, do you possess it? If it is your dream, then you say, yes, it's mine. Then why aren't you living it out? Why aren't you walking in it? Well, it, you know, Joseph could have said that. I, that dream was really too pointed. My, my mother and dad's going to have to bow. My brother's going to have to bow down before me. That's what the dream said. And the reason was there was going to be a famine in the land. So what is holding you back from the promise of your dreams? What is holding you back? Maybe you can see the dream, but you don't have enough faith to reach out and take hold of it. I want you to listen to me. Until you take hold of the dream, you will never enjoy its benefits. Just saying you believe, you say, well, I believe. I believe. Just saying you believe is not enough. Say that back to me. But just saying I believe is not enough. You see, there's, I, that's why I say I can and I will. I can, I'm making a statement. I will is action. Just saying you believe that it is there and that it could happen doesn't mean you will obtain it. Because you have to not just say it, you have to believe it enough to reach out for it. And constantly reach. You have to see it. Let me go back through it. You have to see it, rehearse it, think about it. When your prayer, talk to the Lord about your dream. Focus in on your goal. Take aim. Have you ever tried to fire a weapon or a gun or a bow and arrow without taking aim? Just say, well, I'm going to shoot it this way and it'll hit the intended target. You're crazy. It'll hit what you don't want it to hit. You have to take aim and reach out and take hold of your dream. Take hold of your promise. The only way it will happen is you have to be persistent. Now, let me just say this in closing. Satan is persistent. And he's consistent. That's why he will not allow you because he knows how that works. He will not allow you to be persistent or consistent. Many of us, we say, I'm persistent in my dream. We're not even persistent on coming to church. When I say that, I mean, we're not persistent on coming to the house of the Lord, where the saints gather, where, where the body of Christ gathers. But I'm persistent and consistent. I had someone say to me the other day, they said, I was getting my hair cut, as a matter of fact. And someone said, 
you look troubled. I'm going to pray for you. And I, I really wasn't troubled. I was just, you know, and I looked and I thought, this person is going to pray for me and they don't even attend any church. They don't even talk about God. I've never heard of me mention God. That's a problem. So when you say I'm persistent and consistent, as far as a pastor goes, I'm, I better see you in the house sometimes. Now, yes, I understand that COVID's terrible and all these other variants that are coming on the scene. But let me tell you, as terrible as they are, our God is greater. Our God is greater. He's greater than heart problems. He's greater than COVID. He's greater than diabetes or cancer. God is greater. He's greater than your obstinately, uh, your obstinate employer, your obstinate family, your obstinate teenager. He is greater than all those things, and he can bring an answer. So today, are you persistent? Do you have that dream? Are you holding on to it? What is it? See it right now, and let's pray. Father, I want to thank you that you've given us words of life to help people that are listening, to help turn them on, God, to the many benefits of your kingdom. Your kingdom is awesome. There's such power there. There's such life there. There's living water there. And I thank you for that, Father. Now, Lord, the people that are watching, I'm asking you, Lord, to help them with their dream. Help them, God, to be persistent and consistent. Help them to hold on to your unchanging hand. God, if your hand is unchanging, the dreams you give are unchanging. So, God, I ask you to help them. Let them see it. Let them relish in it. Let them take aim on it. Let them realize it's a goal that, it's, that you intend for them to reach. Lord, and like Joseph, he probably didn't think he was worthy for that dream to come to pass. He ends up in the pit and the and the in the prison, then in the palace. And it did come to pass. It doesn't matter what you think. If God has given it, it shall come to pass. So, Lord, I thank you today for all that you've done. I thank you for healing, salvation, and deliverance. And I thank you for someone, Lord, that may be watching that say, I don't know Jesus. I want to know him. It's easy. Start right now saying, I believe that he's the Christ. I've heard this man talk, and I want to touch that man, Jesus, the son of the living God. I believe he is the Christ. And I want to know more about him. He died, and on the third day, I believe, he came forth from the grave. And I'm going to walk in his love. I'm going to walk in his power. I'm going to walk in his promise in the name of Jesus. It's done just that easy. Thank you, Father.